Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... Money is a powerful American God. And when you lose him, he plays with your self-worth. He plays with your security that you're not, never going to have enough if your identity is not firm in Jesus Christ. And the Bible often teaches, this is a recurring theme in the Bible. Jesus taught about it a lot, particularly in Luke's gospel, that money and the pursuit of money and material things is often a big barrier between God and the people of God. Money can't provide a pathway to lasting happiness. And no matter how much we have, if our identity isn't found in our relationship with Christ, we can turn money into our God. In our time with Pastor Jim, we'll examine our hearts and minds about the importance we place upon possessions for happiness. As Christians, we can work hard for things that have no importance in the kingdom of God. Solomon warns that nothing other than God-centered living will ever satisfy the needs of a human heart. Now let's open our Bibles and join Pastor Jim for part three of his message entitled, Will Being Rich Make You Happy? And all this stuff just costs an enormous amount of money. In verse 12, he tells us, you know, it's actually better to have less. Remember, this is the richest guy in the world. So it's actually better to have less, go out and work really hard and sleep well than to be rich and have to watch everything because you're constantly sleeping with one eye open or waking up in the middle of the night like, oh man, well, gosh, you know, oh man, you know, the condo in St. Thomas, I forgot to tell the guy to, to do this or, you know, we got, I forgot we need a new maintenance man or something like that. So the richest man in the world says that being rich, even being super rich, does not bring the satisfaction that you think it will. Bible scholar Derek Kidner said this. He said, in the West, that would be us, right? We, we, not, like, oh, I'm on the East Coast. I'm okay. No, no, West is Europe and Western Europe and, and the United States. He said, in the West, almost everybody is wealthy. And so we have health clubs to help us undo the damage of our wealth. <laughs> so we're, we're sitting around. We're so wealthy. We sit at our jobs. We sit at a computer all day. We eat junk food. We're always eating on the run. We're totally stressed out. So we have to join a health club to undo everything that we're damaging ourselves to do during the day and during the week. Verse 13, he says, there's a severe evil which I have seen under the sun. Again, under the sun, life without God. Riches, look at this, riches kept for their owner to his hurt, but those riches perish through misfortune. Some of your versions say that his riches were lost in a bad venture. So somehow he lost money. When he begets a son... There is nothing in his hand. So the idea is he has family, he has kids, but there's nothing to pass on because of what happened to his kids. Now that would be huge in their culture, that you would pass on money to your children. And right now some of the young people are like, Pastor Jim, move to the next verse because I don't want you to convince my parents that it's not important that they leave me money. It's very important to me. It might not be important to them, but it's very important to me. Okay, so we should leave stuff to our kids. Back then though, if you didn't leave your kid land, they probably had no way to earn a living. 
You know, so, so very, very important. So here the Bible writer says that I've seen a severe evil. Some versions say a grievous evil. It literally means, he said, I've seen something really sickening, okay, where he says riches kept for their owner to his own hurt. He's saying, I've seen people who have money, but they've never actually enjoyed it. Isn't it interesting that God would have that in the Bible? That people would make money and they wouldn't enjoy it, and that bothers God. Now, others enjoy their money, right? They would say to you, I, I can't do anything. I can't, I can't, I can't do anything because I'm making a living for my family. I, I have to be busy all the time. But they never enjoyed it. And then, before they could enjoy a little bit of it, something happened. What would it be in our day? The, the stock market crashed. Or the company closed and your, your, your company stock is worthless. And the term he uses here is he says, you have nothing in your hands. Remember a couple weeks ago, we talked about two hands being full and one hand's being full. Now he's and one hand full and one hand empty. Now he says, you have absolutely nothing in either one of your hands. Some of us are old enough to remember a day called Black Monday, 1987. Largest stock market, single day stock market decline in the history of the stock market. 22% in one day. Now, if you had $1,000, you lost $220, you probably lived. But a lot of people, a lot of people really took it hard. Some people took their own lives when that day happened. Or just imagine you're nearing retirement, you've worked so hard, you've saved a million dollars. You lost $220,000 in that day. You had $10 million. You say, I don't feel bad for somebody with $10 million. They don't think they're rich. I know people with that kind of money. They don't think they're rich. They lost $2.2 million in one day. Even a really rich guy with $100 million lost $22 million in one day. What would happen in King Solomon's day? Just imagine somebody take all these riches that they have and they're going to make this big deal on international trade. They load it up on a ship and they send the ship across the Mediterranean and it sinks. Or Johnny Depp and his friends come along, the pirates of the Caribbean come over to the Mediterranean, right? <laughs> and they decide that they're gonna, you know, the pearl, if you know those movies, right? They're gonna, they're gonna come and they're gonna, they're gonna rob it. Martin Luther said this, God permits the very riches in which people trust to bring about the ruin of those who own them. God loves people so much that he will let some people, if they're trusting in their riches, lose everything so they turn to him. Again, nothing wrong with having money, but do you have money or does money have you? Many pastors will tell you that there was a day when people came into their offices to talk about the Lord. That sort of morphed into people came to always talk about marriage and kids. But now most people who come into a pastor's office come in to talk about money. That's because money is a powerful American God. And when you lose him, he plays with your self-worth. He plays with your security that you're not, never going to have enough if your identity is not firm in Jesus Christ. And the Bible often teaches, this is a recurring theme in the Bible. Jesus taught about it a lot, particularly in Luke's gospel, that money and the pursuit of money and material things is often a big barrier between God and the people of God. 
For your homework, you could read Deuteronomy chapter 8. The people of God were coming into the promised land. And God warned his people not to forget him. Interesting what he said, how they would forget him. They would forget him by not obeying his commands. And then he reminded them, when you were walking across the wilderness into the promised land, I protected you. I protected your stuff. I even gave you the ability to make wealth. Don't forget me. Verse 15 sounds like the words of Job. He says, As he came from his mother's womb, naked shall he return to go as he came. And he shall take nothing from his labor, which he may carry away in his hand. We all know that, right? You can't take it with you when you go. Verse 16, and this also is a severe evil, just exactly as he came, so shall he go, and what profit has he who has labored for the wind? So guys work so hard, all he did was work to get stuff, and then he can't take him with him when he go, he's just worked for the wind. And he says, what profit is that? And we're all supposed to go, none. Oh, guy was wasting his time. Verse 17, all his days he also eats in darkness, and he has much sorrow and sickness, and anger. So here we see that living for money, living for our job, living for possessions is actually living for ourselves, and it's the loneliest place in the world that actually will lead you to sorrow and sickness and anger. You see, the Bible writers know that money cannot deliver what it promises. Only God can, because that's the way God created the world. We can't change that. We may be happy in this life to some extent. Some people are. But if they can't take it with them and they go, when they go into the next life, they'll realize that they lived quite foolishly. Yet how many people, even people who would say that they're committed followers of Jesus Christ to continue to pursue such things at the expense of other things. Nothing wrong with wanting something and saving something and working hard for something. Nothing wrong with that. But when it overtakes your life, there's something very wrong with that. How many people continue to pursue such things as if they could actually provide the happiness that they're looking for and the salvation that they so desperately need? Mistaking the blessings of God, which is the gift for the giver, God has designed life this way, will always prove to be empty. Remember what Jesus said in Mark chapter 4 when he was going through the different soils. Remember he's talking about when the word of God is, is thrown out and some people hear it and they're like, forget about it. Other people hear it and, and uh, you know, it, it just they're happy for a while and then one little bad thing happens and they take off on God But then he gets really serious for most of us and he says, verse 18 and 19, Now these are the ones sown among thorns, for they are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. But I know this, that 98, 9% of the people that go to this church on a regular basis want to be fruitful for the kingdom of God. They want their life to make a difference. They want the world just to be a little bit more different because they lived. 
They want to have good marriages. They want to have great relationship with their kids. They want to have good, solid friends that they can count on. You know, I don't think there's a man I don't know that if they were to die, wouldn't want, wouldn't want their wife's phone to light up on a snowy morning from guys in the church that would say, you want me to come shovel your driveway? I know that that's what people want. But for our lives to be fruitful at some point in time, we're going to have to take an inventory of our lives. We're going to have to take a look at how we spend our time, how we spend our money, What are the things that are the cares of the world that's choking out God's word in our lives? What are the deceitfulness of riches? What are the desire for other things? Maybe even good things that we have given too much time and and, and money and, and our lives to and it's made us unfruitful. You say, so what's the answer? Well, the answer is actually in verse 18 through 20 and it is amazing how simple it is. Verse 18, here is what I have seen. It is good and fitting. Uh, some versions say it's, it's proper for one to eat and drink and to enjoy the good of all his labor. That means it's good. It's good to go to work, to work hard, and to come home and to enjoy the things that God has provided for you and if you have a family or, or for you that from your hard work. That's good because God gave it to you. He said, so it's, it's good, it's proper, it's fitting for one to eat and drink and to enjoy the good of all his labor in which he toils under the sun all the days of his life which God gives him for his heritage. As for every man to whom God has given riches and wealth and given him the power to eat of it, to receive his heritage and to rejoice in his labor, this is the gift of God. So listen, if you're working hard, and God's blessing, don't feel guilty about it, but take an inventory of how you're using the blessings. Verse 20, for he will not dwell unduly on the days of his life. This is not the person who's gonna look back and say, I lived a dumb life. This is someone who's gonna look back and say, you know what, God was merciful to me and I learned how to spend my days because God keeps him busy with the joy of his heart because God keeps him busy and focused on the right things. So contrasting with what was evil, what made him sick, he shows us what's good. How your life won't be such a drag. How your life won't be so incredibly empty all the time. He says, listen, in the few days you have on this earth, and it's only a few, it goes very, very fast. Subtract 10 years from your age, and it seems like yesterday, doesn't it? It seems like yesterday. The few days we have on this earth, he says, work hard, and enjoy life. Enjoy God and enjoy the everyday gifts he gives to you. Last week we talked about it's not if you go to church that matters, it's how you go to church that matters. This week he says it's not if you live that matters, it's how you live that matters. Enjoy God. Enjoy what he gives you. Sit and eat. Learn to relax. Learn to sit still. Don't be so consumed all the time with what you need to do. In verse 18, he reminds everybody. He says, everybody, this is what they need to do. Verse 19, he reminds the rich. And a special reminder to them, don't forget what you have. God has given you. And he's given it to you to enjoy. 
1 Timothy 6.17 says this. Command those who are rich, and that would be virtually every person in the United States of America, compared to the rest of the world. Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, don't be proud, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God. Don't trust in your bank account. Don't trust in your retirement account. Don't trust in Social Security. Don't trust in the government. Trust in the living God who gives us richly all things to what? To enjoy. To enjoy. Now, I want you to remember that today. This is from God. I'm going to enjoy this. You look at the loved ones that you have at the table with you and say, man, I'm enjoying this. This is from God. Wealth is not evil. A lot of the guys in the Bible were wealthy. A lot of the Bible writers were very, very wealthy. What's evil is the all-consuming desire for wealth. When your desire for material things usurps or undermines or takes over your desire for God, because then wealth will keep you from enjoying God and will keep you from enjoying life. True enjoyment is found in seeking God every day and seeking and not only seeking him, but enjoying his blessings and in using the blessings that he has given to you to help others. To have a hand open to, to, remember we said, if your hand is tightly closed, there's no room for God to put any blessings in, but to open our hands and say, God, here I have is yours, right? And, and to help the proclamation of the gospel and to help those who are less fortunate than you or those who need a help or just to, just to help someone and bring a smile to his face. You know when you're sitting in the store and you're like, it makes you think of someone and God's like, well, just buy it. Just buy it and give it to them. Some people are like, do I got a tax deduction? No, <laughs> right? Just buy it and just give it to them. In 2008, the University of British Columbia did a study and they found that the happiest people were these people, the people who spent some of their money on other people and the people who gave some of their money to charities. Those were the happiest people. Heaven's going, duh, we knew that. <laughs> We've known that for years. Hebrews 13, 5 says this, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. And you might go, well, why? For he himself, Jesus, has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Jesus himself said this, Matthew 6, 24, no one can serve two masters for he will either hate the one and love the other or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon, money. Jesus says you, can't, you cannot serve money ahead of me. You can't be taken, because we, remember we equate money with time. You can't give all your time to yourself and say you love me, Jesus says. Heaven actually says if we keep all of our money for ourselves, if we keep all of our time for ourselves, if we keep all of our possession for ourselves, we actually despise God. We actually despise God. I was talking to a fellow recently, making 150000 a year. 150. It's good living, right? Twice what it takes to be satisfied, according to Princeton. Given $10 a week to charity. And he feels like it's stretching him and doesn't why he's so, know he's so miserable. Well, as you can imagine, I told him why he's so miserable. <laughs> I said, you're cheap, bro. <laughs> right? But it's interesting 
But even if you have $10, God says, if you want true happiness, share some of that $10. How kind of God to give us such a simple way to be happy. How kind of God to give us such a simple way to find joy. Something all of us, with the Holy Spirit's help, we could attain to simply work hard, enjoy life, enjoy God, share with others. Because the Bible is very clear, the basic enjoyment of life is God-centered. And if you're not God-centered, it will never be enough. If your identity is based on the values of your culture, it will never be enough. You know, when you're young, you want to be popular, you want to be the best looking, you want to be good at sports, you want to be a good student. Then when you get older, you want to make a lot of money, you want to have a nice car, you want to, nothing wrong with any of that stuff. But when that becomes your focus, that's a house of cards. That's something that's going to fall apart. You're grabbing for the wind and you can't capture the wind. But with the Lord, we can enjoy every gift that God has given us. That's why Jesus said, or one of the many reasons Jesus said, he who has the Son is free indeed. So let me ask you, do you want to be free? Do you want to finally start to enjoy life? It's not too late. If that voice just popped in your head, just get out of here. It's not too late. Trust the Lord with what he says at the end of verse 20. He says, the joy of his heart. Trust the Lord with the joy of your heart. Start trusting the Lord. Start following after him. Start believing that he will provide for you instead of trusting in money. Move your trust to the Lord Jesus Christ in every area of your life. Jesus warned us that the deceitfulness of riches cannot deliver what it promised. But Jesus also told us that we should be rich towards God. And he proved it by dying on the cross. He proved he was trustworthy, that we could trust in what he said by dying on the cross and rising from the dead. 2 Corinthians 8, 9 says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you, through his poverty, might become rich. Don't you want to become rich? Don't you want to be free? Don't you want to be spiritually rich? Come to Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. To get the burden of sin taken off you and put onto Jesus at the cross. Come to Jesus for forgiveness of sins and eternal life by putting your trust in him. That offer is for anybody who will turn to God and put their trust in Jesus. Joy is available to any of us, to any of us who are willing to turn from the rat race to the peace and the joy offered by the Lord Jesus Christ. And as it often does, it comes down to this. Who will be king? Will you be the king of your life? Or will you let the Lord Jesus Christ be the king of your life? In a sense, it really doesn't matter to the kingdom of God or the whole world because Jesus is the king, whether you want him to be or not. You may say Barack Obama is not your president, but guess what? He's your president, right? Whoever we elect next, you might say, well, that was not my candidate, but guess what? He's your president. She's your president. Whether Jesus is the king or you're the king in your own heart, it doesn't matter because Jesus is the king. So when I introduced the title of the message, 
I said, will being rich make you happy? And most people, being good Christian people, shook their heads and said no. But I would say the answer to that question is yes. If you're rich towards God. Because if you're rich towards God, you will be blessed of the Lord. Thank you for listening to Changed by Love, the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire here at Changed by Love is simply to bring you the life-changing messages of Jesus Christ by teaching you the Bible in a simple, easy-to-follow way. With that being said, we try to put our messages into as many people's hands as possible for a very low cost and often free of charge to anyone who contacts us. Did you know that all of our messages can be found for free on our website? changedbyloveradio.com That's changedbyloveradio.com Please check out our website and hit the Contact Us button to tell us something about yourself or request a CD copy of a message. Here at Changed by Love, we depend on the grace of God as well as the generosity and prayers of our loyal listeners. So thank you to all of you who are prayerfully and financially supporting our program. We would love to hear from you and pray you drop us a card or a letter to Changed by Love 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey. And don't forget to contact our friends at this radio station and tell them that you are being blessed by Changed by Love. It would be a great encouragement to them. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you will make plans to join us again next time, right here on this station, for more practical Bible teaching from the book of Ecclesiastes with Pastor Jim Kevney, passionately proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ to a world that needs to hear.